0: We continue our series on the seven signs of John, and we're looking at the sign of Jesus healing the man born blind. We are in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 39. Now, this scripture verse is a little longer than most of scripture verses, but what I'd like you to do, just to help you with uh, seeing in your mind's eye this scripture, is to actually close your eyes, because this, in fact, was a man born blind. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he looks only like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then, Were your eyes open they asked he replied the man they called jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes he told me to go to salome and wash so i went and washed and then i could see where is this man they asked i don't know he asked they brought to the pharisees the man who was blind now the day on which jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a sabbath therefore the pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight he put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can see? We know he is our son. The parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but now how he can see or opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said he is of age. Ask him. A second time, they summoned the man who had been born blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They hurled insults at him and said, you are his fellow's disciples, and we are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he had found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you've now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into the world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. You may open your eyes. (laughs) Well, as I said, we're looking at the sign of Jesus healing, the man born blind. Heard about this um, trio of friends who were out golfing one day. It was a pastor, a doctor, and an engineer, and the group in front of them was going really slow on the golf course and so they're really frustrated and so it took so much time and finally they saw the greenskeeper coming over so they motioned him over and they said listen this group in front of us is going so slow we just can't believe it and the greenskeeper said well listen it's a group of firefighters who were all blinded by an explosion when they went as first responders and the pastor said Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And uh, I'm going to pray for them and pray that God will just bless them and give them peace. And the doctor said, you know, I've got some friends that are eye doctors. I want to see if I can do something extra for them. And the engineer thought for a moment and said, can't these guys play at night? (laughs) Well, sad but true. You know, some people have compassion and some people just don't have compassion, and Jesus was one who had compassion. We've been looking at the seven signs of John, and I've been challenging each of us to think not only of the sign, but as John sort of indicates to us, it's not just a miracle, but a miracle with a message, to think about what it tells us about the people of that time, what it tells us about Jesus, what it says to us personally, and also who might also need to hear this story of hope. And so as you look at this story this morning, it's an incredible moment when Jesus confronts a man born blind. I don't know if you know people that are blind. Anyone have friends that have been born blind? And uh, it's amazing sometimes because sometimes, in one sense, people who are limited in one of their senses have extraordinary senses in some other fashion. Have you noticed that? One of my favorite hymn writers is Fanny J. Crosby. Any Fanny J. Crosby fans out there? Uh, Fanny J. Crosby wrote more than 6,000 hymns which is the most of anyone I think uh, even more than Charles Wesley and she wrote some classics Blessed Assurance she wrote um, To God Be the Glory and Near the Cross some really powerful ones and we sang part of one this morning but sort of a contemporary version of that but she uh, has powerful image in all of her songs and the amazing thing is that Fanny J. Crosby was blind most of her life. In fact, up until the time that she was six months old, she could see, but she developed an eye infection as just a six-month-old baby. And her mom took her to the doctor, and the doctor misdiagnosed it, uh, gave her mom some salve to put in her eyes, and somehow she was blinded by that. And it didn't keep her back. She wrote all these hymns. But when she was in her 90s, she was being interviewed and she's up in life and had written all these hymns. Some of the very famous, we have 16 in our hymnal, I think, from Fanny J. Crosby, just a fraction of them. But the interview said, "Uh, are you angry at that doctor who misdiagnosed her? And she said, no. She said, I'm not, because if I had never been blind, I don't think I would have the spiritual insight that gave me the vision to write the hymns that I wrote and share them with people. And that's amazing, I think, because sometimes uh, we forget that in the darkness, sometimes we can see. And in this moment, Jesus comes to a man who's been born blind. He's been blind all of his life. And Jesus asked him if he wants to be healed, and he does. And, and Jesus does an amazing thing And Jesus reaches down, and he spit into the ground, and he put mud in the man's eyes and told him to go to the pool of Siloam. Wow, what a story, huh? Isn't that interesting? And so I think in this story, we see a vision of a man born blind, but I think there's there's something more here, and I think the first kind of spiritual truth I see is that sometimes Jesus challenges us to a step of faith. And the step of faith isn't easy. Now, it's interesting because um, Jesus, in the first moment there, he, he puts mud in the man's eyes. is that not the way? That, that's like the opposite of what you would think, isn't it? Putting mud in someone's eyes to heal him. But there's almost imagery, isn't it, of Genesis? where God formed Adam and Eve out of the dust of the ground and breathed life into him. And we've been talking about John has this image throughout the gospel about new beginnings. And so this was going to be a new beginning for this man, but it was opposite of what maybe you would have thought that Jesus would have done. And I think Jesus does that in many instances in our life. And then Jesus tells him to go to the Pool of Siloam. Now, Jesus was in the middle of Jerusalem there. The Pool of Siloam, in case you don't know, is south of Jerusalem. So Jesus was telling him, as a blind man, to find his way to the Pool of Siloam. Now, listen, he was blind, but he wasn't helpless, okay? That's the first thing, and one of the first things. is it, As a blind person, he had learned all of his life how to get around, but it wasn't easy. But Jesus was asking him to take a step of faith and to go to the pool of Siloam. And John reminds us that the word Siloam means sent, because he's trying to maybe indicate to us that sometimes God sends us on a pathway maybe in darkness as a step of faith, steps of faith really, in order to strengthen, in order to help us learn to trust him. Let me ask you this morning, maybe there's some dark night of the soul that you're going through that God is whispering to you and encouraging you to take a step of faith. And what is the darkness maybe that you're struggling with? Is it, maybe it's financial difficulties or an illness. Maybe it's relationship difficulties. Maybe it's just feeling the presence of God the way that you would like to. I think a lot of us have been worn out by the struggles and the pandemic, but it, it seems like darkness. It seems like we cannot see God the way we would like to. And Jesus whispers to us to take a step of faith. And it does take a step of faith, doesn't it? And so for this man... He had to believe that not only was the mud in his eyes something that was going to bring healing, but he had to believe each step of the way, all the way to some distant south of Jerusalem, that he would be healed when he washed. And I think that is a powerful reminder that God challenges us to take a step of faith. And so look at what you are facing this morning that might feel like darkness and hear from Jesus Whispering to you what might be the step of faith. Now, you notice that the miracle brings up more questions than it answered. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Now, of course, the disciples first. What did the disciples first say when this man was born blind? Who sinned, this guy or his parents? (laughs) man. It's like Job's friends, right? (laughs) Who came and said, you know, curse God and die. You know, what have you done wrong? And we really need friends that encourage us and support us. And that's important. And here the disciples are, they're supposed to be, you know, um, learning in in God and and following Christ and learning to encourage. And they got a question, which is, you know, who sent? And Jesus said, neither, but the glory of God might be shown in this moment. And then when the man is healed, man, can you imagine what that's like? Never seen before, and then he washes the mud from his eyes, and for the first time he can see the light of day. For the first time he can see he can see colors, he can see the faces of his friends, and um, he goes and and what happens? Parents aren't sure what's going on, but they go, "This is our son. It's amazing. How did this happen?" And he begins to tell people, "Well, this guy by the name of Jesus." Uh, put mud in my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And people are going, like, what? And then the religious leaders, of course, find out that this happened on the Sabbath, which is the Lord's Day. And what do they do, the religious leaders? Unfortunately, like folks who are closer enough to God to know that, you know, what should be the right thing begin to make fun of it and have negative voices, basically, and absolutely cross-examine this guy. And they want to find something wrong with Jesus rather than glorify God in this moment of healing. I think it brings to mind in our own selves, I mean, what is our attitude about what God is doing around us? Do we have openness to the new things that God is doing? Do we have a positive attitude? And so they struggle, and of course, then they bring the parents in to cross-examine the poor parents, who's like, I don't know. And and the parents know what's going on. They can see this, and they say, our son's of age. Ask him. I mean, he's an adult, right? And so uh, they grill him some more And the man is is frustrated by all of that because he can see that all this kind of political intrigue is going on and what he wants to do is just enjoy being able to see. And I think it's important for us to realize that there are real questions in life as we face some struggles in life. But then there are things that were just distraction. And if there's a true question that we have, then, then Jesus answers that. But sometimes we're just trying to muddy the water, so to speak. And so today, what is our attitude? Is it positive and affirming and open to the blessings that God is doing? Are we negative about everything and, and willing to find fault in everything? I think Jesus would point to us and say, be open to the things that God is doing and blessing in people's lives. And so there's uh, questions and then there's reading the signs, isn't there? And as I said, John has said that there's many miracles that Jesus did, but these have recorded that you might believe, that you might believe and you might receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And so when I look at this sign this morning, one of the things I learned from this is that sometimes in the dark night of our soul, you might not be physically blind, but many times we're spiritually blind, or the trials and challenges of life have blinded us to the light of God. And I think maybe in those moments that God is teaching us some spiritual truths that are important to us. For this man, Jesus could have healed him just like that in that moment. But instead, Jesus did this thing with the, with the mud and put it in his eyes and challenged him step by step to go to the pool of Siloam and to experience God's grace in that way. And I can't help but believe that step by step as he walked in the darkness, that God was teaching him to learn to trust him. And I think many times in our own lives, even though the miracle that we want is down the road, that God is helping us to move step by step to strengthen our faith that we might have greater trust and we might help others who are struggling. And notice what the, the name of the pool is, the pool of Siloam to send. And I think many times God sends us, and if you're like me, I'd like to know all the answers before I go. Anyone else like that? I'd like to know all the answers ahead of time. But instead, God says, take a step of faith. You're being sent. And as we take those steps of faith, God begins to meet the needs step by step. And the other thing I think sometimes in the darkness, as we learn this profound truth, that what did Jesus say? I am the light of the world. Now, we began the series in John looking at what? Jesus is this new creation that was before the creation and that Jesus is God's living word, God's light and God's love. And so in this moment, Jesus underscores again this I am statement, which is the statement that echoes when Moses asked the name of God, what was the answer? It was Yahweh or Jehovah, which literally is I am that I am. And throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, there are these I am statements as God progressively reveals himself to us. But in John's gospel, there's not only seven signs, there's also seven instances of the I am statements of Jesus. And this is one. And so this sign is pointing us to Jesus as the light of of the world. The light that brings us salvation. The light that brings a new day in God's grace and mercy. The light that brings God's love. And when we see him in the pool of Salome that also echoes sort of that uh, Jesus as the living water of life. Today, in your darkness, do you need light that can only come from Christ? Do you need a washing spiritual living water that only comes from Christ? When we think of Siloam, we also think of Jesus as the sent one. And who is Jesus, the one that washes our sins away, the one who takes away spiritual darkness and sin and brings the light to us and the light to the world? Now, we can all be asking questions, and questions are important, but there's also the truth that we need to listen to the whisper of Jesus to take a step of faith even in the darkest night. I love that scripture that Marcy read, and I want to challenge you, to memorize it this morning. I know some people want to, I want to read a longer scripture first. It's not how long it is. I don't think you could probably memorize the one that I read. It was pretty long. But the one that she read is a great spiritual truth that echoes in a very short form the exact message that is going on in John. We walk by faith, not by sight. If you're like me, I like to walk by sight. (laughs) But Jesus is telling us, as is Paul in Corinthians, that we walk by faith, not by sight? What is it today that feels like it's darkening your vision that's clouding the skies? And Jesus would whisper to you, trust me, go where I send you, and I will meet your needs along the way of life. I want to read for a moment uh, a great hymn by Fanny J. Crosby. And it's Blessed Assurance. And I want you to listen in this for the way that she uses it, she often does in her hymns that she writes, imagery of vision, right? And remember that she's blind. She writes this, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, bring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I, and my Savior, am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness lost in his love this is my story and all the hymns of the second service are by fanny j crosby if you want to stay for that one but uh today discover this great truth that in our darkness and in our struggles when it seems like the complete sky is darkened Jesus whispers to us to take a step of faith, and Jesus whispers to us that he is the light of the world. i want to close with one last story that I love, and a story of this Native American father who had a son, and it was time for this son to move from being a teenager to an adult. And so he told his son that he had to go through this ritual, and he had to do it alone. And so uh, the son agreed, and the father took him out into the woods, deep into the woods, and he sat him on a tree stump, and he blindfolded him. And he said, what you have to do to reach adulthood is you have to sit here all night blindfolded where you can't see a thing. And he said, listen, I I know that you're going to hear the wolves howling, and you might hear Mountain lion roar, but this is what it is to be an adult. And so, the son agreed, and the father blindfolded him all night long. As that young man was sitting there, he heard the sounds of the wolves howling, and uh, he heard the sounds maybe of a bobcat and the distance. And he was scared, and he didn't know what to do. But he sat there because he trusted his father, and he wanted to become an adult. And in the morning light, he felt his father take the blindfold off, and he realized that his father had been sitting next to him the whole night. And he said, That's the truth that you need to know. That whatever you're facing, I will always be here with you. And even when I'm gone, my spirit will remain with you, so that whatever. The sounds of the darkness that you hear, whatever the fears that you have, know that you're not alone. I think the same is true for you and I today and in all of the chapters of our life, where sometimes we do face a dark night of our soul, that we can realize that Jesus is there whispering to us, take a step of faith. I'm there with you. Trust and grow, because I am the light of the world. join me in prayer. Lord, as we think about this sign from John and we realize that we too struggle with darkness in so many ways, not just sin and shortcomings, but also the trials and challenges of faith. So we pray that you'd help us to be willing to take a step of faith, even in the darkest night, and to trust you that you guide us along the way, and that you will open our eyes at the right moment, and that you will give the vision of seeing us and seeing you For you are indeed the light of the world. And all God's people said, amen.